2: The 3 Down Greencast is brought to you by the Pile of Bowens Brewing Company. New taproom now open at Sass Drive in Cameron. Well, welcome inside the 3 Down Greencast with myself, Lloyd Gasson, and John Fraser. Yes, we are recording after a bi-week we don't always, but we figured there were uh, a few things to touch on, nothing really super pressing, but uh, worth it nonetheless. Uh, most importantly, as always, as we of course open with the topic that is the most dear closest and dearest to our hearts every episode. Maybe it's not necessarily the most important of our nation, but just dumb stuff we kind of like to do and talk about. One yes. of our favorite times of the year is once again upon us, no, not back to school. Um, it is, of course, the Grey Cup Grease Up. That is right. I'm so excited
1: for this. My feed on Twitter has been inundated with a bunch of people on the Grey Cup Fit Up. So it's time to bring it back. Fellow fat guys at heart, fat women at heart, fat animals at heart. Uh, Yes, uh, the Three Down Nation Greencast, uh, Grey Cup Grease Up. Uh, You'll be very proud of me, Joel. Um, I had a a very greasy sandwich yesterday. And for supper on, was it Monday, I had two Whoppers. Well, they got the two for seven bucks. That way, you know, you don't don't screw around with fries. You, You get the two Whoppers, you go home. You crack,
2: a, you crack a beer. You know, it's a, it's a win-win, you know, it's, right? a, it's
1: a win-win, right?
2: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, myself, I can tell you that I had uh, some snacks last night that I know you would definitely approve mm-hmm. of. As mm-hmm. I had, uh, we went to Costco Ooh, yes. a few days ago. Ooh, yes. And we picked up the tub of, I know what is one of your favorites, because it was at my father-in-law's place for the wedding, the queso dip.
1: Oh, oh. That queso dip is so good. I I believe at your father in law's place I was stationed the entire evening betwixt the, you know, display of pile of bones um, pints and the queso dip, and uh, that's just kind of where I lived. It was it was good. People visited. There was a nice rotation, and I'm just like, ah, oh, queso dip and
2: beer. One thing we learned recently about this queso dip, I don't know if you know or not. It actually says on the lid, enjoy warm. What? Yeah. So, we've always been eating mm-hmm. cold until a few times ago. I actually saw it on the lid. I was like, hey, it says to enjoy warm. Now it's a delicious cold. Throw so it in the microwave for about a minute, and it all gets all melty and gooey and amazing. You, it's huh. just even better.
1: Huh. Uh, I might have that for lunch tomorrow. I might stop at Costco and not get my usual um, Costco hot dog, and uh, instead just get some quesadilla. Oh, oh, and to continue the theme of the grease up family pizza today all meat and then the all steak and barbecue yeah
2: we had uh we had tacos last night and then we made some kind of chili taco today that's pretty good as well i i I like it see see i feel like you
1: and i can do the grease up because like we both already have lost a significant amount of weight so like we're allowed to get fat when everybody else is getting skinny right is that like can i use that as justification in my
2: head sure why not i guess i don't know (laughs) I, 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 I feel like I can, just, I can justify a little bit because I'm basically standing at work all day and picking stuff up and putting it back down basically for a living. So right. I don't really need to do a whole lot of working out. And I still like got my sports and stuff that I play and all that's fun too. But uh, when you stand all day, it really makes a pretty big difference in terms of your overall health. So I've noticed anyway.
1: I, uh, I don't do any of that shit. And somehow I've lost 30 pounds. So either I'm dying. Or, uh, oh no, I got my workout machine. I got it. And then I curl like, uh, curling's coming up. So that counts us. even though I'm playing third this year. So that's only like half. So, uh, yeah, Fat John might be back by Christmas. (laughs) And, 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 and of course, and of course, lots of beer, of course, at the, at the curling rink, which starts in a few weeks or the beer drinking, which, uh, I'm not going to lie. I might be a few ahead of you tonight there, Joel, uh, got, got the kid to bed a little early and I've just been crushing beers, uh, waiting for you to free up. So,
2: I guess it's also part of the Grey Cup Grease Up, because you need something to wash down all that uh, greasy, delicious goodness. uh, John, what's in the glass this week?
1: In the glass this week is uh, the Nokomis Hoppy Anniversary. Um, Mm. You recommended it. Uh, It seemed to have disappeared from most of the liquor stores I go to in Saskatoon for a while, obviously in very high demand. It's very good. Yes, it it,
2: it was a small seasonal that they released a small batch of, and once it Basically, it all went out right away, and now once it's gone, it's gone at various stores. So
1: Right, right, which actually does lead me back to another story here in a moment, but uh, the Nokomis uh, Hoppy Anniversary had a bunch of those, uh, had one sitting in my fridge left over. However, I did have to text you. You were the only person, it was my wedding anniversary on Sunday, and you, Joel mm-hmm. Gassman, were the only person I texted. Huh. Then, yeah, phone was... In well, my I, hope you, I
2: hope you wouldn't just type, text your wife, happy anniversary, and then... Move oh, on no, with your true. date. True.
1: I, I was with her and my family the whole day. Yes, like, yes, of course. After text with the family and stuff in the morning, you know, we, we went out for dinner and it was like phone in the pocket, except at one point we're at a restaurant, we're at the keg, and they bring out the drink menu and it says Rebellion's Hazy IPA. And I said, And
2: after
1: my wife translated, that means he wants one um they brought it for me it was delightful and it's sitting there and i'm like lacy i i know my phone's in my pot i gotta text joel and she completely understood she's like okay yeah. you text joel and i send you the picture of the hazy ipa
2: you did i can I'm confirm all, that happened
1: yeah i'm all excited i got like a hazy ipa hadn't seen it in a while and then i go to order another one and it turns out i drank the last one in
2: saskatoon yeah they were probably that, excited like that someone finally ordered it so it'd be out of the fridge <laughs>
1: fair fair because i don't know if people that go to the keg are definitely uh uh, beer connoisseurs or making the mistake see i didn't make the mistake that was the only beer i had i switched to to rye then ate way too much steak then passed out of my bed while making a low moaning
2: noise because i was having a food coma that sounds like a perfect uh grease up kind of day oh yeah yeah i'm on a roll this week Uh, for me, we are doing uh, a first here for the Three Down Greencast for the amount of beers we've uh, mentioned and consumed recording yes. this podcast. We've, I've never actually taken a sip of a beer for the first time on this program. Ooh! And so today we are going to do that because at uh, my day job at Happy Hour Cold Beer Wine and Spirits in Pilot Butte, uh, we got finally a shipment of uh, Medicine Hat Brewing Company's Creamsicle Ale. Ooh. Now, this is these a is seasonal one, small batch not around very often, so I figured I'd pick it up. I had heard some good things from some coworkers who already went ahead and bought one before I did. That's okay. Um, it's good because, you know, my coworker, Lindsay, she was very much in, you know, very Coors Light, Coors Clam kind of thing. We finally converted her to good beer, so that's good. Nice. Um, yeah, so I haven't tried this before. I've heard good reviews. It's a seasonal, it's a part of their patio series. If you're saying, hey, Joel, but you're not drinking local beer, I'm not. I do occasionally dabble in stuff from other places because I like to try it. It's relatively fresh for coming through the SLGA um, monopoly that it has to go through to get it. But there is a local connection as their head brewer actually used to be the head brewer at Bushwhacker at one point in time. So, Interesting. Yes. Yeah, so there is there is still a bit of a local connection with a the story. Uh, they actually also have you can see find it more around other places. They have a dry hop sour that they collaborated with Rebellion on that one. So. Ooh, very nice. Yeah. So it's cool. So here we go. It's a creamsicle, as you know, like the the little popsicle, the orange and the white popsicle or whatever. There's, a, there's oh, been a few oh, other ones oh, around. Like oh. I know Rebellion, I think, has something like that right now, seasonally available around for uh, pints and growler fills. But uh, yes. Here we go. All right yeah it's good it's, it's it's very it definitely has that creamsicle taste to it hmm. it's orange but it's not like super like pow in your face orange but it, it's got that like sweet little creamy afternote that you get from the creamsicle too which isn't which is impressive to do in a beer i always is, find is, yeah. the, the, the,
1: the the cream is, is is the hard part you know you can get the ice cream flavor and then the cream flavor coming afterwards is good so uh that's yeah, from medicine around. Hat
2: Brewing. yeah medicine Brew Co interesting yeah. yeah they definitely and? yeah they've had they've had some of their stuff i haven't like some of it i have so you'll you, i think you'll start to see them pop up a little bit more around here now i believe they have some representation representation in the province now so and,
1: and, and they're not like those other assholes from alberta that just you know sell a bunch of cheap flavored bathtub booze
2: no i'm sorry quote unquote alberta not, we by well, alberta right. by alberta we actually mean wisconsin so.
1: That's right, and and yes, that's right. But totally, the lowest legal price for shit out of your bathtub from Wisconsin, <laughs> flavored rye beverage. I don't. Who could I possibly be talking about?
2: It's just uh, one of the greatest mysteries that will just never go unsolved.
1: You know, we really haven't shit on Minhas for a while, so I'm glad I got a chance to do it. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Onto actual uh, football conversation, as I'm sure right. we've lost basically probably our entire audience at this point. Um, so, we're used to around here in Saskatchewan, when the Riders go on a bye week, especially after two of them, something generally happens. Yeah. And we've gone through two Rider bye weeks. Now, last time we didn't even record after the bye week, that's a little happened. Yeah. This week... Again, really, nothing happened. I mean, Brett Lowther was back at practice today. There's some questions about whether he'll play. Some other bodies are back. Mika Johnson wasn't back normal that's normal football kind of stuff that you're dealing with kind of on a regular basis anyway. There wasn't like John Carter being cut or a coaching move or this or that there's been it's been It's been calm and it's been you know i mean from our perspective as people who pretend to talk about stuff that we know about. It kind of sucks, but from an organizational standpoint, organizational and English standpoint, it's it's kind of refreshing how it seems how quiet it is and how everything seems to be running smoothly and they kind of have their stuff in a row for a change.
1: Yeah you're very right you know our years of both of us covering this football team we're used to you know by week something happened that 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 they try to sneak the news in like like you had mentioned before we recorded the deron carter release was during a bye week and uh i was almost just waiting for something to happen mm-hmm. and It didn't. And I think that is a good sign for the team, for the organization that, you know, there's some stability. It's not as volatile as things were before. Um, Because, yeah, it's a good sign if you're not trying to hide. Because because, okay, let's peel back the curtains a little bit here, too, for the listening base. Um, You and I, again, both being former reporters on, on the Rider Beat. During the bye week, not necessarily everybody's in town. No. So, if you are to make some sort of move, it's not like you can ask about it for a week at practice. It's not like you can find out more information and and, and come back and build on the story. Because during the bye week, it's basically, you get the email, we've done this, we're doing a media avail at this, and that's it. So, it's a very good way to limit the flow of information on a story you may not want to drag out for a week, such as the Deron Carter release, right? So for you kind of want things you you kind of want to announce things that aren't going to be popular during the bye week and nothing has happened which which leads you and i to probably correctly assume there's some harmony in this organization all the way from the top down to the bottom and that's that's a good sign
2: yeah and i i heard this conversation come up a little bit that the writers kind of feel like the writers again like Jeremy O'Day mm-hmm. and Craig Dickinson fit the culture that have kinda of, kind of existed all around here a little bit longer. The the Code of Honor days yeah. and Yeah. Yeah, it is that it is it's just a better vibe for everyone. I, I still think in a way the Chris Jones era was probably still necessary. Yes. For some hard decisions that had to be made and hopefully the organization has learned that sometimes you still do have to make those hard decisions. But yes. Overall, it feels like things are trending in a better direction, they're smoother. Does that get that doesn't guarantee anything for the rest of the season, but there's a there's a structure in place, it's stable, and if they if the organization shows that they can commit to this, you know, this direction, this group and let it grow, that they'll probably actually be on to something.
1: Yeah, and, and I mean, stability is a good thing. You look at, you know, some of the most best organizations, uh, you know, in pro sports, your Pittsburgh Steelers, the New England Patriots, it seems like they, there's kind of this stability to it, right? So, mm. I mean, it, it's a weird take to say that no news is good news, but coming from the shit shows that we've had in previous years that you and I were covering, that no news, I can tell you, from a, from a, from somebody who talks about the team perspective, is definitely good news in this case.
2: Mm -hmm. There's been so little news, really, that the biggest topic that kind of is facing the Saskatchewan Roughriders right now is more so the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. Yeah. And we all all know the news out of Winnipeg right now where Matt Nichols is going to be gone for, they're saying, at least four weeks, probably more closer to six, maybe longer. We don't really know for sure. They're being a little more open about this injury than they have some other injuries in Winnipeg in the past, at least. Right. They've given a bit of a timeline to it. But regardless, if he's on the six-game injury list right now, is Matt Nichols. And the Riders are set to play them three times over that six games. And that seems like pretty good timing for the Riders to face the team that they are trying to now chase down for first place in the West, because I believe that door is now firmly open with the Calgary Stampeders now at a four-loss team for the first time in, like, 100 years. And, you know, no... We, we have the injury in Winnipeg with Matt Nichols, and you know, Edmonton's good, but I don't think they're unbeatable, so it's there, and I don't think we would have thought that earlier in the season, but the door is open for them to, if everything falls into place and they continue to play well, the opportunity for them to finish first in the West and get a bye to the West Final is there.
1: Well, absolutely. You're about to face a team three times in the next six weeks that doesn't have their starting quarterback, their number one quarterback, right? I mean, that's not saying that Winnipeg is 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 not still a very good football team, but, but
2: they're not going to be easy wins still if they can get them. Yeah, no, you, you but could, are... and you could you could be playing the BC Lions three times over six weeks, and odds are they might win one because that's just yeah. football.
1: Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and, you're, and you're absolutely bang on with that, Joel. It's it's such a hard sport to win three times against a team, but it just, you're right. Like those three games could very well now decide the West division as the riders continue to get healthier and trend upwards. And again, our boy Cody Fajardo looks like, you know, the real deal. Um, mm-hmm. I, I did have to give you more love when I was on CTV morning live, uh, this week, to, uh, you know, representing our podcast pointing out again, that you said Fajardo was going to be good. So I just have to steal your good takes because <laughs> God knows I have none of them. Um, but but with Winnipeg, and to me, Winnipeg is fascinating right now because before Matt Nichols went down, there was talk of, you know, some rumblings of, oh, what if Fajardo does go to the the XFL? You know, is Chris Strevler maybe a guy that, you know, gets a look and things like that? So now Chris Treveller is going to have an opportunity to prove that he can chuck the ball mm-hmm. and he's going to have a very good team behind him now. That being said, I don't envy the position of Winnipeg because, let's be honest, four or five losses are, even with Matt Nichols, are not out of the realm of possibility for this team. They're playing Edmonton Friday. Edmonton, who's shown to be a very good football team. Yeah. The Riders, you know, although they're doing their job against the bad teams, the Riders are... I, I am comfortable at this point of the year, Joel, calling them a good football team.
2: Yeah, we're going to get into that in a bit.
1: But, I- I- exactly. So, I think Winnipeg is now extremely vulnerable. First mm-hmm. place in the West is going to be an in- 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 extreme crapshoot, and the Riders are right in the thick of it because they're staring down the team that they get to play. And I mean, and, and meanwhile, you got what should be a gimme against Ottawa, and the team you're hunting down is playing Edmonton and then has to play you three times. So... This Matt Nichols injury has has, I would say, o- open. You've said it. The door is wide open now for the Riders to get into a position to finish first in the West Division, which is something that started this season. I almost would have called unfathomable, but yeah. here we are.
2: And 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 to be fair, the door is I think open for everyone. This isn't this isn't like the oh, Riders no. have control their destiny here. Well, I guess in a way by facing Winnipeg, but the door is open for Edmonton. It's open for Calgary. Like there's there's no. For a few, a few weeks in about, you know, five weeks or so into the season, it felt like it was Winnipeg's division to lose. Right. But now, now no, that, that door is completely wide open now, and who is going to step up and take it? And that's what's going to be fascinating over the next six weeks or so, is to see yeah. how this kind of plays out a little bit. The funny part about this whole thing, not that there's anything funny about players getting hurt, was right. it was just a week ago it sounded like Matt Nichols was allegedly the worst quarterback on the face of the earth. And now bomber <laughs> fans are freaking out because Matt Nichols isn't playing quarterback. Well, if he's so bad, shouldn't you be just fine?
1: Yeah, yeah. That's, that's, that's the funny <laughs> thing. And that's what I pointed out to a few of my, few of my Winnipeg buddies that I often text with every single bomber game that wait a minute, weren't we just talking about how this guy's terrible and can do nothing but check down. And uh, I, I think I like, and again, I'm stealing your point.
2: I I, I gotta stop giving you all my good stuff before we start recording. You really
1: do, but at least (laughs) I give you at at least I'm a good enough friend and (laughs) co-host to give you all credit for it. Yeah. I don't just pretend like these are my ideas, but your point before we started recording was that they need to go full Baltimore Ravens. I mean, just let Straveler run. Let Harris run. Let the defense and special teams win you some games, right? And and the more I think about it. The more I'd love to see Winnipeg go back to, like, the old-style, like, single-wing offense and have, like, 10
2: pass attempts for a year,
1: that might be their best chance of winning. Yeah,
2: it could be like watching Army-Navy Army, Army Navy every single day.
1: Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, can't wait for call- I can't wait for college football to come back. The, uh, oh, yeah. and it's, it's Saturday, funny, maybe. That- oh, that's right. It is back Saturday. That excites me. Yep. Mostly because a lot of Saturdays, we're not super busy in the fall, so I can just sit there and watch college ball. Anyway, so and anyway, but yeah, it. Um, this this has opened the door. This the this, this you're, you're uh, I think a rider team is flying high. There's organizational confidence, and here here you are with a chance to take on the team ahead of you without their starting quarterback for the for three times in the next six weeks.
2: Yeah, I think it's really going to at least determine whether the riders have a shot at a home playoff game or not if things go sideways in that 3 over those 3 games and they lose two of them say it's it'd probably be tough for them to to get a home playoff game i think the way because I, I just can't every time i look at the standings i just can't get over how crazy it is at the top of the west division right now yes if like you know it but then you'd actually look at the graphic that the cfl puts out every week and you're like huh Right, nice. because there's BC at the bottom, and then there's all these other teams that are like really good and close together, and then you got the East where you got Hamilton and everyone else, and you're just like, wow, like we knew the West was going to be tight, we knew the West was going to be crazy this year. I, I it still just, still just feels weird, like just how crazy it actually is yeah. at the top of the West Division, and I don't I don't think it's necessarily a lot of really good teams. They're good teams, but the CFL right now, at least at this point of the season. Really, to me, feels to be lacking that truly elite team.
1: But, but I, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Do you remember? I remember the 2011 season, mm-hmm. and there was—I remember Winnipeg winning the the East. I think at the time uh, with a 10 and 8 record. Yeah. And I think the whole league, even the West, I think the best team might have been 12 and 6. Yeah. I like parity. I do.
2: I like parody when teams are good, but it feels like every team has a pretty good flaw right now, and a lot of it is forced parody based on the number of injuries we've seen so far, too.
1: Right. Yeah. This is an entirely different season. If Bo- who knows if Bo Levi Mitchell is actually healthy? Um, but I don't know. It's, it. It. I, I like it. I like it that you know. I almost find found it boring, and I shouldn't say boring. But when Calgary was that good for so many years and Montreal was that good for so many years that you knew your team's ass was probably getting kicked by one of these guys. And it just to me now, everything's a crapshoot like like yeah. gun to your head. There, there is there is some ed- merit
2: to that, too. But I think at the end of the day, I like to see elite teams perform and I like to see elite teams play in the biggest game of the year.
1: Yeah, I I I don't. I like I like every game having relevancy and every game being decent and every game not you know knowing who's going to get thumped. Right. I I I thoroughly enjoy that as a guy that.
2: I don't know the that, last the last couple of weeks is, as some in college football circles like to say. There's been a lot of chalk the last couple of weeks. There's been yeah, a, there, other perhaps, than other than yeah. the Montreal over Calgary. There's been a lot of pretty predictable games recently. Based on my seven one record, or pick over the last two weeks. <laughs> Ooh, you know joel has all
1: the good tags john doesn't know shit <laughs>
2: <laughs> that's like the tagline uh our podcast.
1: i i i yeah i think if we put together an advertising package that would basically be it put a billboard somewhere um <laughs> yeah, i don't got the dough to put a billboard <laughs> anywhere <laughs> like, like kudos, kudos on that other rider podcast kudos on the guys from piffles because like Yeah, we can mention them. We're not
2: really competition. It's fine.
1: (laughs) Absolutely. Like, honestly, they're a great bunch of dudes. I'd love to sit down. I haven't had a beer with any of them. I'd love to. But I can tell you, the Piffles boys, I used to be... I briefly interviewed for position in the Billboard business. um, And the ad rates on that... Holy shit. Like... (laughs) Like I think I said to you, like like I, I if I had that kind of dough to spend on a billboard, I wouldn't be spending it on a billboard, but <laughs> maybe, maybe I'm selfish. I don't I, road, I don't right? know. I, I like it. Those guys do a ton of really good work and, and, and like Greg's design work on it. It's awesome. It's a it's a well placed billboard, but you know the billboard at Elphinstone and uh, right right by the uh, the stadium. That's uh, that's a that's a pretty penny. Like uh, yep. I hope I, I I hope that Greg or Saf didn't have to like sell their kidney to get it. But uh, good on those boys.
2: <laughs> yeah, um, back to the conversation we're actually trying to have here. Right. And our idea of knowing we teams in this league brings us to I think kind of our final point of this podcast. It might be a little bit of a shorter episode based on the riders doing nothing lately. Um, right. Is where exactly does this team stand because. Behind the curtain again, for the three down nation power rankings every week, there's uh, I think nine of us that we put our in our own rankings and we rank them and the you know the average you know, the team with the lowest score finishes first and blah 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 blah. Right. And I've never seen it so all over the place on our spreadsheet as I have right now. Right. And that's I think especially true of the Saskatchewan Rough Riders, who have been I in full disclosure I've put them second the last couple of weeks for a few reasons. Mm-hmm. Um, number one, the, you know, the fact that they're on the longest active winning streak in the league, yep. to me, I think means something. They have a healthy quarterback that is playing well. And also, do I really think they're the second best team in the league right now? I don't know, but I didn't. I wanted to make sure they were bumped up a little bit from some people who had them like fifth or even sixth, right? Because I don't, I I can't wrap my head around. And even the CFL's like CFL dot CA power rankings has them sixth, and I'm just like, what? They literally have the longest active winning streak in the league right now. And you may believe that they've beaten no one this year because Hamilton was playing Dane Evans, and they got schooled by Calgary, and they haven't looked that good in some of their wins. But the fact remains, they still have the longest active winning streak right now. And to me, power rankings, simply put, are a snapshot in time. They aren't about past results. They aren't about future results. They aren't about what you think is going to happen in the future you may believe that the Riders are going to lose every game the rest of the season, and that's just fine. Right now, I have a hard time taking anyone seriously who does not have this team at least as the fourth best team in the league. That's that's a good rant, and I'm with you on that.
1: Um, You're right, and I always take power rankings as the who would you least like to play right now? Yeah. And you made all, all the points, Joel. I mean, the team is relatively healthy, minus a couple guys, but they've managed to overcome that. Um, the quarterback is playing well. They are on a winning streak. And, you know, there is one thing that I think momentum and winning streaks and confidence carries over more in football than just about any other sport I've ever been around. Um, yeah, I'm, I, I, I have a hard time right now. Like, like, again, we're talking right now. We're talking we're talking with the current state of injuries. We're talking with Matt Nichols being gone in Winnipeg, with with, with Jeremiah Mazzoli being gone in Hamilton, with Bo Levi Mitchell, it looking like he's going to be out for at least another large chunk of the season here in Calgary. Yeah. I would maybe, right now, put Edmonton ahead of Saskatchewan, just because I like the offense better.
2: Yeah, I can live with that, yeah.
1: But I have a hard time saying that right now, as of today, that Calgary's better than, than Saskatchewan, no. that Winnipeg's better than Saskatchewan, that Hamilton's better than Saskatchewan, that Montreal's better than Saskatchewan, and well, we have the two dumpster fires in the CFL, right? So to me, they might be the second best team in the league right now. Does, does that mean I think that when some guys get healthy? that they are going to assuredly be in the West final. No, but I think right now, if I was, if I was to be in power in, in the power rankings game, which I'm not, because I'm only kind of like the like redheaded stepchild of the, of the three down nation crew. Um, and I accept that. I like it. It's fine. <laughs> um, <laughs> I should make that clear. Um, I, I have a hard time putting them lower than two right now.
2: I think those are fair points. And I, I I can accept the world where you believe, people believe that maybe Winnipeg or Hamilton are still better teams despite some different things overall. I can accept I that. I would agree. I, can accept, I, I think yeah. there's, a, in whatever order you want to put them in, I think this is in, in no particular order. Winnipeg, Hamilton, Edmonton, and Saskatchewan right now are currently the best four teams in the league. Yes. If And Calgary can easily get back into that conversation very quickly. With a couple yes. of wins, like it's it's not difficult. They're not they're not so far behind. Like they're basically a four B. They're just right on the edge there, just because they lost to Montreal in pretty weird fashion the other day, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So they're they're, they're there, and everyone else isn't. Like Ottawa is a weird team that you I still kind of expect to be better than they are, but I, I just don't think it's going to happen. Toronto I think is actually trending in a pretty decent direction. They're not going to be good for any stretch of the imagination. They're not going to make right. the playoffs, but they look like a team that can compete. And BC's is the dumpster fire.
1: Oh, yeah, BC might be one of the worst teams in all three facets of the game. I've watched in a very, very long time. Um, it's funny that Toronto seems to always trend upwards as soon as, like, the pressure's off and they realize they suck and they've been beaten up a little bit. Um, Ottawa, and again, that brings us to Saskatchewan's opponent. This And I get it, they they, they beat them, you know, in Cody Fajardo's first real, meaningful appearance. But I just, I, I, don't, I don't like what they have going on. I don't like the quarterbacking situation. Their defense isn't very good. Yeah. Um, I would be shocked if the Grey Cup champion didn't come from those four teams that we've discussed. Like, you could tell me right now that Winnipeg, Hamilton, Edmonton, or Saskatchewan wins the Grey Cup, and I would be 0% shocked. Calgary would also not really shock me, but I definitely think that we're not going to see Bo Levi again this year. Just the mystery and the player himself saying, I don't think right so to me calgary led by nick arbuck will be a bit of a shock not
2: a, not a huge one though
1: not a huge one but a small one like 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 again i would if i was a betting man those are the four teams i'm putting money down on to win the gray cup this year calgary if you gave me some good odds the other ones i wouldn't even waste the investment
2: no there's there's no point on the other teams i, I think it's pretty clear at this point the six playoff teams we're going to get a yeah. crossover. It's just a matter of really is where they're going to fall in the West. In all likelihood, you're going to see the East final in Hamilton, the East Semifinal in Montreal, and then how does it play out in the West and who crosses over. is basically kind of the race down the stretch here. Yeah,
0: and,
1: and, and I think too, and, and as we've talked about, thanks to the Matt Nichols injury, I, I think the riders opportunity is going to be there to host a home playoff game. Who knows? Even get the bye to the West Final, but you know these next few weeks are going to be crucial. You got to do your job against. You have to do your job against Ottawa. And and
2: well, yeah. and this is the one thing they've done well this year, compared to what we've maybe seen in the past. And this is something for some reason people are knocking on, knocking them about is who have they beaten? Well, yeah, okay, they've beaten a lot of bad teams, but they've actually beaten the bad teams. We've yeah. we've experienced a lot. We've seen a lot in Saskatchewan over the years where. They play the bad team and completely mess the bed. And they have it, They don't do it every single time against every single bad team, but they usually have one or two signature games a year where they lose to a team they really shouldn't lose to. And so far, they haven't done that, really.
1: Well, and you could argue the, the other teams of the West Division have done exactly that. Winnipeg yeah. gave Toronto their first win, and, and although it was a great game, and I think Montreal is a little underrated, mm-hmm. Montreal shouldn't have beat Calgary.
2: Not in Calgary, like, at least, no.
1: Exactly. Like, it just, it, like, meanwhile, Saskatchewan has done a pretty good job this year of, all right, this is a bad Argos team. Let's take them out behind the woodshed. The their I, only,
2: only kind of bad loss was to Ottawa, but we didn't really know they were this bad at that point. Like, the Week 2, the week two Ottawa was a very different team than what we're seeing <laughs> now.
1: Oh, hundred uh, percent, a million percent. You can tell that the defense is more comfortable. The special teams have, have patched up some holes. Cody Fajardo has become confident with his I'm, I'm just, I'm sprinkles. I'm just talking about
2: Ottawa being a completely different team too.
1: Oh yeah, no, they've they've seemingly just jumped off a cliff.
2: Yeah, like everything they are doing just goes completely sideways, and they've shuffled the chairs on the Titanic here by giving Joe Pow the play calling duties now. Like, Get that's ready gonna for help.
1: lots of lots of behind the scrimmage line of scrimmage screens, Joel.
2: Yeah, and then Dom Davis is still going to throw behind them and there's going to be a fumble. So
1: Oh, I can't wait I can't wait for the, uh, the inevitable like uh the Cameron Judge fumble recovery somehow.
2: Yeah, it, like and the only the only thing that is holding me back on saying everything that should happen in this football game is the fact that Rob Vanstone has written a column declaring the Riders are guaranteed to win against Ottawa. <laughs> <laughs> and much, and we, we and we know when rob vanstone guarantees something it is like a john fraser hot take
1: yeah yeah it's not gonna turn out well and i respect the hell out of rob but uh yeah <laughs> it's, so if they lose 100 percent, this one's on vanstone
2: not john fraser for once
1: for once even though i do th- think they should wait 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 if I guarantee a win, will that cancel out Vanstone's guaranteeing a win? Like a negative multiplied by a negative makes a positive.
2: It's a good question. I don't should know. I
1: try it? Should I, should I try? Should we try this?
2: Maybe. Alright. It,
1: it is the super guaranteed, mega terrific John Fraser guaranteed win night this week against Ottawa because Ottawa sucks and. They're a dumpster fire, and woo, guaranteed win night, take it to the bank, invest your life savings, bet on the riders, and you'll come out okay because it's John Fraser guaranteed win night.
2: Yeah. You said that so enthusiastically.
1: (laughs) I'm trying to force a bad take. I really (laughs) think they are going to win. I really do.
2: What we have learned here, at least now, is you actually can't force a bad take. Your 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 takes are actually come from a place of what you actually think at the time, and then they just blow up spectacularly. I think that doesn't <laughs> make it any better. <laughs> it does from my perspective.
1: Yeah, that's, that's fair. At one point, I did actually think Johnny Manziel was going to be a good quarterback. Because there's,
2: there's really nothing I hate more in like, sports talk circles today It's people who go on whatever medium they're on, and say stuff they don't actually believe for reaction oh no i believe
1: all the stupid shit that comes out of my own mouth